Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. San Diego's Talk AM 760. We are monitoring, watching closely the ineptitude on display proudly at the White House in the briefing room. Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, who looks a lot like the other guy who was out... Uh, there's a guy over at State Department yesterday. It's like they have these dweebs and twerps, attorneys at law, just come out there. And, and you know that they are just shaken up because they're normally working on diversity, climate change, um, you know, all the other touchy-feely things, which is now why they're flummoxed, they're blindsided, they're shocked, they're awed that anything would happen. Well, we didn't expect this coming in Afghanistan. It is a bleeping Nightmare. Now they said, well, we got the airport. It's fine. And we're big on freedom, but uh, yeah, just the way we planned it. We'll have some of that in the National Security Advisor's own words. I just feel less secure every moment I'm, I'm watching this. You'll also hear this hour. You'll hear uh, County Supervisor Chair Nathan Fletcher say. But that freedom of choice to say I'm going to choose to not get vaccinated is not a freedom from consequence for that choice. And so if you're going to make that choice to not get vaccinated, I think it is it is fair to say we know you're more vulnerable to COVID. You ought to be subject to regular testing and you ought to wear a mask. Implication is we're just doing recommendations now, but we're going to get you. You know, that's going to happen. This, he just wants to do some more mandates. That was courtesy of Fox 5, by the way. We also have a clip from our sister station, News Radio 600, Kogo, where he was alluding to uh, fellow supervisor Jim Desmond. Jim's going to be on the show on Friday. Uh, about how the how he's he's an anti-vaxxer, he's a naysayer. Why he's not with the program? In other words, if you differ from what the emperor likes, then of course you're you're a suspect. Very similar to what Newsom does, and now we have this Newsom recall lawsuit. Not coming from Newsom, wink, wink, but it's coming from a couple of citizens who think it's just not fair and it's not constitutional. Federal lawsuit filed last night. Kevin Kiley is back with us. I know we just had you on yesterday, but since you're an attorney, I want to get your case uh, on your assessment on this, if there's any standing. And then obviously, in the interest of full disclosure, you're one of the candidates running for governor, frankly, picking up a lot of steam here lately. But what is this? Is this going anywhere? Is this an indication of how paranoid the Newsom camp is now? Uh, well, I think it's a very good indication of that. I mean, for one thing, Mark, uh, you know, the recall has been qualified for, what, six months? Uh, why Why now? Why only now that people have ballots in their hands are we getting this lawsuit? Could it have anything to do with the polls uh, showing that this race is neck and neck and that Gavin Newsom might be evicted from the, uh, from the governor's office uh, within a matter of weeks? Um, but, you know, if you look at the, the lawsuit, it is, uh, it is totally frivolous, but this has not stopped. Uh, the governor's office from lending it credence. Uh, the attorney general, uh, I shouldn't say he's in the governor's office, but he's appointed by the governor, uh, has said they're monitoring it. They're giving it legitimacy. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the law professor who's kind of out there uh, supporting it and backing this lawsuit is the same guy who Newsom relied on uh, for his scheme to try to keep Donald Trump off the ballot uh, for not releasing tax returns, which, by the way, that was struck down by the California Supreme Court uh, unanimously. And so, uh, you know, this is a lawsuit that purportedly has been filed by a couple of voters, 
Uh, but Newsom's fingertips are fingerprints are all over it, and I think it's a pretty good indication of the way he thinks this thing's going to go. And that's been a fear or a concern, not so much a fear, but uh, what we expected, many of us, uh, that as things heated up, if and when they did, and were to the when part, it's happening, then these sorts of shenanigans would happen. I mean, there was always a question, could he call off the recall and say, well, the Delta variant's up, we have a health emergency. And when you have emergency powers, as he does, there is room to do a lot of things, as we found out the hard way uh, when things started back in March of last year. But I think that the lieutenant governor can call. There's, there's ways that he can say, well, you know, let's just not do this. The problem is the ballots are now in the hands of people. People are voting and, and sending them in. The election's happening every day. So, um, I mean, this is just like a gnat, isn't it? That that lawsuit is just a nuisance. Is, is it filed just to change perception? I mean, certainly they don't think it really has legs or, or standing. So is it about poisoning the well with its unconstitutional Republican recall? What is it? What's the motivation? I think that's part of it. It's desperation. It might be intended to discourage people from voting. Uh, we do know that the Newsom camp is engaged in uh, voter suppression already. They're telling people to leave the second question uh, on their ballot blank. And so, uh, you know, it's just so consistent, though, with what their approach has been this whole time. They called the recall the California coup. Uh, they tried to delegitimize it in every way they could. They said, you're trying to overturn a Democratic election. They've said, oh, all these uh, nefarious groups are, are behind it. Uh, and then they've changed the rules for the recall, even, you know, in the last couple months, uh, in order to stack the deck in Newsom's favor. Yet, nevertheless, here we are, uh, you know, with this golden opportunity uh, in a matter of weeks to set California on a whole new course. And so am I surprised with this latest just desperate attempt uh, to undermine uh, the process, to deny people even the chance to vote? Sadly, I'm not surprised, and it's just another indication of why we need a fundamental change in our political culture here in California. Let me ask you about something else, which is the governor's problem on the list of many, many problems, the uh, the drought in much of the state. San Diego County is better than, than and Imperial County, I think, better than a lot. But now you got the feds saying, for the first time, we have a water shortage on the Colorado River. That means there's forced water cuts to farmers. That's going to impact farmers here in Arizona and Nevada. And, I, and many of us who've been around here a long time remember when Arizona started taking more of the Colorado River water. What's ahead on that? Because Newsom already has I, I lost track of emergencies. I think he, he then did, did declare an emergency on the water thing. So, yeah, you got all those mandates and restrictions coming. And then the power problems. So what about water? Well, the water situation is, uh, you know, just a prime example of the fundamental failures of California government. Uh, we just had unprecedented uh, cutbacks uh, put upon uh, farmers who can no longer uh, pump from the Delta. 10,000 water rights orders are being affected. And Gavin Newsom's agriculture secretary blamed Mother Nature and climate change for this. Mother Nature and climate change. But, you know, the whole reason we have a government is to actually solve the problems that Mother Nature throws our way, right? And so when you just blame Mother Nature, you surrender. I mean, that's an outright admission of political ineptitude. Uh, we have more than enough water that comes to us by the grace of God. We just have to manage it effectively. So what I've proposed is setting aside a fixed portion of the state budget every single year for water storage and water uh, capacity projects uh, until we add 5 million acre feet to our annual water supply. And then we won't need to tell people to take shorter showers or to fallow their fields. Uh, there's that debate up in Sacramento with well, with Sacramento, the press club tonight. You're part of that, Kevin Faulkner, part of that, John Cox. Uh, I, I just apparently saw this thing about uh, about how Doug Osi. I didn't realize this. The Doug Osi um, is um, 
is ending his campaign after he had a heart attack? That's a new one. Yeah, I just heard the news a few minutes here before I got on with you, and uh, I'm uh, I'm devastated because Doug is a good friend. Well, he's been on the show as well. We've had him here several times, and I, and I he's not exactly you know one of the most fiery candidates, but he's been an interesting addition. He gets some folksy things in some of these debates, but um, he says he's expecting full recovery. But you don't wish that on anybody, so that's 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 tough. Yeah, I, I was really, really disheartened to hear the news because uh, I think he's brought a great deal to this race. And uh, he's someone that I've known for a while, and he's been uh, an outstanding public servant. He's served with integrity and distinction, so I'm wishing him uh, you know, a quick and full recovery, and he's in my prayers. Yeah, he said in his statement, well, I'm told I should expect a full recovery. Doug Ossie said additional procedures and potentially surgery are required. So um, uh, he's got to focus his attention on that, obviously. He said sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do, it is what it is. My campaign for governor is over. So, and and he didn't have at least according to the polls a ton of of support yet. But uh, obviously that means there's 45 candidates instead of 46. Uh, the uh, the issue with uh, with Larry Elder not being part of the debate, he's not there tonight, right? I'm not sure why that is. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better to have uh, all the contenders there in the mix? Well, you know, the way I looked at it is I'm not going to pass up any opportunity uh, to reach voters and to make the case against Gavin Newsom. So I've accepted uh, all of the debate invitations because uh, I think it's in the best interest of, of getting the recall across the finish line. And, you know, I'll leave it to other candidates uh, how they go about making their own decision. But that's the way I've looked at it. All right. Appreciate the update, Kevin Kiley. Uh, when do you think this whole uh, nuisance lawsuit from uh, about Newsom, the nuisance, uh, from the, the federal the federal lawsuit, when do you think that'll be out of the way? And, and, and by the way, I meant to ask you, was that a an Obama appointee, the judge? Do we know that? Who who made that decision? To... Uh, that's what I heard. I haven't looked at it myself, but that's what I heard. And so I, I don't know. I think it's probably, you know, within a matter of days, we'll have this thing uh, out of the way. Uh, but it's just, you know, yet another distraction and i'm staying focused on on you know getting the recall across the finish line and uh, hopefully rising to the top on the second question as well all right kevin kyle i appreciate the update keep us posted thank you much and good luck in the you debate bet. tonight we'll watch uh, all, and again doug osi's out because uh, of a heart attack he has to deal with now he'll, he'll be recovering fine but um we hope and pray that will be the case uh mark larson here san diego's talk am 760 coming up you got to hear the whoppers oh man Whew. who's they're just doing these briefings. It reminds me of something that I saw firsthand in Saigon in some of the history on how things ended poorly there. This is worse. The White House peeps trying to give Biden cover. Wait till you hear some of this. It's coming up next on San Diego's Talk AM 760. What's up, Ian? You haven't heard that yet. Uh, Doug Osey opting out of the uh, race for governor because he had a heart attack. He's got to tend to that. And he says he's, you know, he's getting treatment, but now that's, that's job one. So that's uh, it's too bad to hear. I wish that on no one. Um, we talked with Kevin Faulkner earlier. We have, uh, last segment had Kevin Kiley back on and tomorrow, 10 five, John Cox, they have that debate tonight, but now it's, you know, it's the leaders. It's, it's going to be OC in the mix there too, but, and then curious by his absence, Larry Elder's not doing that one, but Larry Elder will be here with us on Thursday at, uh, at 10 35. So we'll keep you posted on all of this as the heat increases for, Governor Newsom, and uh, now that lawsuit's going to go away. You just you, you watch. So more on all of this as the day unfolds. Um, and now Jen Psaki's up there. Well, let's listen to Jen Psaki for a second before we go to some of what we recorded here before with the, is it Jake Sullivan? Not Jake from State Farm, who would have been better at it. Uh, but Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, who makes me nervous. Here's Jen Psaki, who was vacationing over the weekend. She was doing something else. She wasn't available either. Biden was at Camp David. 
She's now trying to clean up the mess. Uh, briefing, the briefing's been going for almost an hour about, uh, well, in fact, Joe Biden's still at Camp David. He flew back yesterday. It's a gang that couldn't shoot straight. Listen in carefully here. Here's Jen Psaki at the moment live. Or a uh, briefing is done, uh, they will certainly plan to follow the guidelines, of course. What's the rest of the, his week look like? like? He's up to Camp David now. Is he still going to Wellington? What, what's the schedule? Well, I know, I think Rachel asked this earlier, so the president will uh, return. As a chaotic uh, situation. All right. Well, anyway, they're still, they, he's doing fine. Now, to be fair, the White House follows you wherever you go. The Western White House was at, at the Reagan Ranch back in the day, Crawford, Texas for Bush 43. Um, Biden has Wilmington, Delaware, and he's got a couple of homes, doesn't he? Not as many homes as Bernie Sanders. Hmm, interesting. But uh, they're, they're trying to cover for the fact that he's been resting comfortably. He's uh, getting criticism for he shows up and gives a speech yesterday that was incredibly tone deaf. I should not have watched that while eating a fine Mexican food lunch, but I, I gave it my all. It was it's like, do, do you look outside? I, I wonder if these people actually know what's happening here. They had the problem with the control of the airport in Kabul where I've been. I, I know the layout there. Been there, seen it, done that, been on the ground. On my trips to the Middle East and places like that, lovely vacation spots where you wear, you know, a flak jacket and a helmet and bulletproof vest. But... When Biden said something about how, you know, we, we, we looked at all contingencies that didn't surprise us, John Kirby, the hapless press secretary at the Pentagon, who ought to know better, he, you know, he's not going to lose his job either. These people get rewarded for their, uh, well, we didn't know. He, on Friday, he says, Kabul's not going to fall. Then it's like, well, you had to understand, we, we looked at all this. We had all the intelligence. Here's Jake Sullivan, a national security advisor to the president at the White House, handling the questions before Jen Psaki showed up. See if this doesn't make you feel less secure on some of this about the debacle over there right now. Here today, I'm spending every hour I have focused on how we execute the mission we have before us, which is getting all of these people out. Yes. Okay, two questions for you. One, has the president spoken to any other world leaders since Kabul fell to the Taliban? Oh, sorry, I was looking at the wrong person. Uh, he has not uh, yet spoken with any other world leaders. Uh, Myself, Secretary Blinken, uh, several other senior members of the team have been engaged on a regular basis with foreign counterparts, and we intend to do so in the coming days. Right now, the main issue is an an operational issue. It's about how we coordinate with them to help them get their people out. And we are operating through uh, logistical channels and policy channels to try to make that happen. Yes. to follow up on that, you just said that you will conduct a review of what went wrong here on the U.S.'s response. I know you said there are other additional factors, like what happened on the ground in Afghanistan that led to this. Will you publicly disclose what went wrong and who misjudged the intelligence here over how quickly the Taliban could take over? So first, I didn't describe that we were doing a, quote, what went wrong review. What I said is we'll do a hot wash. We'll look at everything that happened in this uh, entire operation from start to finish and the areas of improvement, where we can do better, where where, uh, we can find holes or weaknesses and plug them as we go forward. And of course, uh, we intend, after we've had the opportunity to run that analysis, to share that with people. Yes. Thank you, sir. Um, you noted that you had encouraged Americans on the ground there to leave and that many chose not to. I just wanted to follow up on, on Weijo's question. So we're told. Uh, will the U.S. government commit to ensuring that any Americans that are currently on the ground in Afghanistan get out? 
that's what we're doing right now. We have asked them all to come to the airport to get on flights and take them home. That's what we intend to do. Yes. From multiple administrations, the Obama administration, the Bush administration, have said they are certain Afghanistan will become a safe haven for terrorists. I know you and the president have disputed that. What do you think those officials are getting wrong? And can you ensure that Americans are safer today because of your actions than we were several months ago? I want to be very clear about what our position is. Our position is that we are going to have to deal with the potential threat of terrorism from Afghanistan going forward, just as we have to deal with the potential threat of terrorism in dozens of countries in multiple continents around the world. We have to deal with the threat of terrorism in Yemen and Somalia and Syria. We have to deal with the threat of terrorism across the Islamic Maghreb. We have to deal with al-Qaeda and ISIS-K. And we have to do so using a wide variety of tools, intelligence capabilities, defense capabilities, and yes, in some cases, the support we can provide to local partners to help them deal with the challenge. And what we have shown is in many of the countries I just mentioned, among others, we have been successful to date in suppressing the terrorist threat to the U.S. homeland in those countries without sustaining a permanent military presence or fighting in a war. And that is what we intend to do with respect to Afghanistan as well. So this is not a question about whether we're clear-eyed about the terrorist challenge from Afghanistan. It is about whether the terrorist challenge in 2021 is fundamentally different from the terrorist challenge in 2001. We believe it is fundamentally different, and we need to be postured effectively to deal with the terrorism challenges we find it today as opposed to 20 years ago. Um, just Brian, can you shed light on the decision to leave behind Blackhawks and other equipment, how that fits in with the contingency plan the U.S. has? Leave behind. Blackhawks and other equipment. Why give the Taliban access to state-of-art equipment that they could either used to bolster their own defenses or to sell off to other countries? This is, a, I think, a, a very good example mm. of the difficult choices oh. the president faces and a secretary of defense and a secretary of state and a yeah, national yeah. security advisor blah, blah, blah. face in the context of the end of a 20-year war. Those Blackhawks were not given to the Taliban. They were given to the Afghan National Security Forces to be able to defend themselves at the specific request of President Ghani, who came to the Oval Office and asked for additional air capability, among other things. So the president had a choice. He could not give it to them with the risk that it would fall into the Taliban's hands eventually. Or he could give it to them with the hope that they could deploy it in service of defending their country. Both of those options had risks. He had to choose, and he made a choice. And from the point of and view, and just like of- uh, just hold it right there, and we may go back to that. Thanks, um, thank you, Connor. Uh- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Reminds me of the Indiana Jones movie. I mean, these, these briefings are mind-boggling, mind-blowing. From the State Department twerp. I forget his name. It, it fits. You, you see this guy if you Google twerp. The guy was at the State Department yesterday, and they had the briefing from John Kirby over at the Pentagon, who ought to know better. Same guy on Friday said, nope, 
Cobble's not going to fall. Nope. Everything's fine. And then yesterday, he's like, we had just right where we had it all planned. We had these contingencies, as the president said. And then they had the State Department dweeb. Okay, I'm sorry, twerp. Mr. Twerp, be more respectful. Who then keeps talking about, well, we're just as the president said. And, and clearly, these people are so invested in all the things that don't matter when bad people are trying to kill other people, including right now a lot of women, a lot of a lot of girls in Afghanistan, and at the same time saying, we've always championed them, we're on top of this. These are people at the State Department, you know, career bureaucrats who've been worried more about climate change, and that's a whole separate debate. Fine, talk about that. But they're out there now going, well, gee, this, is, this looks dangerous. No, it's all fine. It's really, it is a clueless bunch. And you know who's watching this closely? Any other adversary, China, Russia, North Korea, terrorist groups, oh, it's a field day. They didn't have to wait till September 11th for the original handover that Biden, in a tone-deaf moment, thought was fine. Andy Puzder is with us. He's, uh, well, he's at, uh, in a lot of places. You read him in the Wall Street Journal. You can find him at Andy Puzder on Twitter. He's written numerous books, including Putting America Back to Work and The Capitalist Comeback. He was also nominee for Labor Secretary until he said, yeah, I don't really need that uh, that gig. Uh, Andy, I want to talk about your op-ed about the California recall, but because this has been unfolding with this seemingly endless parade of, of nincompoopery, for lack of, just trying to be kind, uh, it really is the gang that couldn't shoot straight. While the president is, is at Camp David, and I know the White House follows a president wherever the president goes, but he hasn't talked, they admit he hasn't talked to any world leader yet with all this going on. I mean, it's, how, how do they just go, no, no, we're working on it, kind of busy here. Um, and then you posted on your Twitter feed a little bit ago, I love this, you said this didn't age well. It was Biden back in June saying on his Twitter feed, quote, it's hard to believe this has to be said, but unlike this president, I will do my job. This is back during uh, uh, June 4th of last year when Trump was in office. Hard to believe this has to be said, but unlike this president, Trump, I'll do my job and take responsibility. I won't blame others, and I'll never forget that the job isn't about me, it's about you. What's he say yesterday? It's everybody else. He said, the buck, start, the buck stops here, but they let me down, the Afghans let me down, whatever, and it's Trump's fault. Good Lord. <laughs> well, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, that nobody, nobody actually, I haven't heard anybody say, we should stay in Afghanistan permanently, or we should stay in Afghanistan. But what everybody's saying is, uh, if if we're going to withdraw, withdraw in a reasonable manner. You know, you can't. I, I can't imagine that if if uh, President Trump were still in office, Robert O'Brien were National Security Advisor, you got mm-hmm. Mike Pompeo, that that this would have gone down anywhere close to this. It would have been handled competently. It would have been handled in a businesslike, rational manner. Uh, and it would have happened over a period of time. And if the Taliban uh, raised its head in the agreement that President Trump had with the Taliban, if they get, if they went if they reneged on anything in that agreement, we were allowed to keep 2,500 troops at, in Bagram Air Base, and, right. and we could have 5,000 NATO troops there. So this 7,500 7, troops could have stayed there. Uh, this, this the way they did this was it's so bad. I mean, you're saying he, he didn't want to talk to he hasn't spoken to other leaders. What is he? What's he going to say? I really am as dim-witted as I appear. I, I guess. You know? <laughs> and then this is a backdrop. The guy leading the Taliban was released by Obama and Biden. You remember that guy who was exchanged for Bo Bergdahl, that the traitor. And so that guy is now leading. The, he's he's reappeared. That guy in uh, in Afghanistan now. So this is the vacuum into which the terrorists. 
flourish. And I'm just looking at some of the other stuff from this mind-boggling uh, press conference there a little bit ago, the White House with the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. And at one point they said 700 people have been evacuated. Now, there are thousands of people who have helped us. Now, maybe they're talking U.S. citizens. I, I don't know. But that number is incredibly small when you consider the fact that they knew for a long time things were getting horrendous. I mentioned before the break here, before we got you on, Andy, about how um, it used to be going to the airport in Kabul. I remember going down a mile down to Camp Eggers, and when I was there, you had to go through a whole lot of checkpoints. But in the last year or so, it's been too dangerous to drive that road. So you've been choppering. This is not a bulletin to the White House that, hey, we better quietly get our friends out of there because if it goes the wrong way. And Biden made it sound like he knew we all kind of thought it was going to be like this, just not this fast. This is really colossal beyond, I think, anyone's imagination that it could be this bad. You know, people who weren't, you know, a lot of people listening to your show probably weren't alive or were very young uh, back in the 19, late 1970s, uh, early 1980s. But you and I were, we were, we were very young. Right. When, yes, exactly. When Carter made a, a, a big mess of, um, of the Shah of Iran being deposed Mm -hmm. and the, the Ayatollah coming in and the, at the time, it just looked like he was stupid and weak. But at over, but over time, we've seen this terrible, terrible threat that Iran is not only to peace in the Middle East, but the world peace in general. What a what a bad actor it is! Now you've got to keep in mind that on its border, there's now another uh, Islamic caliphate that uh, that that shares beliefs with uh, the Iranians, and next to them is Pakistan. And Pakistan has come out saying that um, the president of Pakistan came out in the Indian press and said that. The uh, the Afghans had now achieved their freedom. That, that he was in favor of this, and uh, something to keep in mind, people, is that Pakistan has nuclear weapons. I mean, this this isn't this isn't just uh, uh, that Biden's you know kind of dimwitted and slow and really messes. Well, things apparently, up. his his advisors are too. Foreign policy yeah. issue. This is there are long term there are long term consequences from this that could result in something much worse than nine eleven. Uh, this this is a disaster. It's the worst foreign policy disaster in this country since the Bay of Pigs. You can see it, and it, it, it un, unfurling right now as we speak, and it's a lot worse than Saigon. The optics are horrible as yep. well, and, and uh, the women and children are getting the, the brunt of it. And we hear, oh, yeah, we in the briefing they said uh, a little bit ago that we've secured the airport. It's back, and we're getting the flights out of there, you know, evacuating people. Which and, and really the Taliban is letting them do that because they could create mayhem. They're kind of uh, you know allowing that to happen. So it's not like there's tremendous leadership at the White House, but then in the same breath they say, we're working to uh, make sure that the uh, roads are secure getting to the airport so people don't get stopped at renegade checkpoints and get the snot beaten out of them. So that's going on at the same time. It is just, everywhere you look, it's just unraveling. Now, meanwhile, we have the leadership, well, such as it is, of Gavin Newsom, and uh, now there's this last-minute federal lawsuit last night, which I don't think goes anywhere, trying to say that it's an unconstitutional recall. It's not as constitutional by California but um, and if just tuning in, we're talking to Andy Puzder, who is the former CEO of CKE Enterprises, and that's parent company of Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. You know about employment. You know about how this works. You know about the real-life economy. Newsom says, it's, it's all great. Why, we're doing fantastic. You wrote this op-ed piece that you have up on, uh, on Twitter, at Andy Puzder. I have it on my uh, Twitter feed as well, about how California desperately needs new leadership. So... That's in the Santa Barbara News Press, and, and that's been resonating because uh, you're somebody who actually knows what's going on, so, and, and you also fled to Tennessee at one point because you got tired of Newsom yeah. and, and some of the other ineptitude in Sacramento. 
Well, it, it, Newsom has done a, uh, a terrible job. It's been, it actually started with Brown um, and, and has gone steadily downhill with the, the policies that they've implemented. The policies they put in place have caused employers to shut down, employers to move, employers to shrink so that they're not employing as many people. This has eliminated a lot of middle and working class jobs. And I use Santa Barbara and Montecito as, as kind of the, a, a microcosm of what's happening in California. Mm-hmm. But Santa Barbara has just deteriorated terribly. I mean, there are homeless people everywhere downtown. It's dirty. Oh, as you know, I get uh, up there a lot. You you tell the story in that uh, that op-ed you wrote, Andy, uh, for people who haven't read it yet, about how you, it's hard to get your friends to come down and dine downtown Santa Barbara because a lot of the big attractions have gone away, whether the pandemic nailed them or, or other things. But it's a very aggressive homeless problem now. The urban outdoorsmen are everywhere. So then you get the two worlds where Montecito, everybody's loving it there because it's like a well, different it's, place. It's West L.A. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and you've got, you know, the... The royalty there, you know, Oprah, who is American royalty, and Prince Harry, and Her Majesty Meghan Markle. I, you know, it's 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 like two. It's it's the it's the perfect microcosm of the two Californias. And for me, it kind of hit home because when I visited Santa Barbara, I mean, it used to be such a wonderful place when I lived there, mm-hmm. and I felt like I had I was in It's a Wonderful Life, and I left Bedford Falls and I came back to Pottersville. <laughs> I mean, it was just a disaster. I, it, it was so bad. Uh, and this is what's happened across California. We have. Uh, the the highest unemployment in the country, and we are also the richest state in the country. In Cal- I should say we. I'm gone now. But California is the richest state in the country and also has the highest poverty rate and fourth highest on income inequality. There's all of these progressive laws, regulations, uh, these initiatives they put in place. They've all created this horrible, horrible two-California climate where you've got the, the uber-rich and the uber-poor. Uh, and it, it and it what's his name Newsom's policies during the pandemic they exacerbated the problem they brought the problems to the surface uh, they were they've been there since Brown uh, was elected governor and we, if California doesn't do something soon this is going to get much much worse and so, Larry Elder I think I'm just going to put in a pitch for Larry Elder we got to I, I like the other any of the Republicans that are running would be fine I you know that'd be great well and but of course you, we got, need somebody with some courage some you know who's right. who's going to stand up to the left and I, I think Larry's the guy well and uh, Larry's going to be back in the show with us on Thursday we had Kevin Faulkner on earlier we have John Cox tomorrow they're having a debate tonight but the news in the last hour has been Doug Osi not that he had a huge traction but he made things interesting uh, former congressman that he's out because he had a heart attack and I guess he's doing okay but now that's become job one he said his uh, his race is over. So now there's only 45 people running for the gubernatorial. Right? And you can write in anyone you like. So, Andy, you got a chance, you know, on that. Uh, what would you say, I'll, to, I'll what would you say I'll, to business? I'll give that to my buddy, Larry Elder. Yeah, what would you say to business owners who are saying, you know what, I can't take more of this. We've got the county, we have the state starting to make rumblings like, well, you know, there's Delta variant and then the other variants. And we're going to strongly recommend that you do it our way or else. And we'll let you have a little freedom. And for the businesses that didn't get whacked and maybe whacked where they couldn't come back, like hundreds of restaurants, for example, what do you say to them as a, as a fellow businessman and a leader uh, uh, in terms of where the hope is? Is it only in the election now? Or then, then what? Well, I think election is your biggest hope. If you want, you want the economy to open back up in California. You want life to start to get back to normal. You want California to be the golden state once more. I mean, it was such a wonderful place when I moved there in 1997. I, would, I never thought I would ever, ever leave. And uh, if, if you're ever going to get back there, if the state's ever going to recover, you, you, this entrenched, arrogant, 
um, overconfident political elite that have been running the state for the past 15 years needs to go away. Uh, we need, you know, we, we got rid of the we got rid of the Bush aristocracy at the federal government and the uh, Clinton aristocracy on the other side of that. They're, they're, they're kind of gone. We need to do something similar with California. We need to get the Browns and the Pelosi's and that whole crew out. And by I, the way, Newsom's part of that. He's like Pelosi's nephew or something. Is I can't remember what his relationship yeah. is. It's cozy, and he's you know he'll have to go back to the real world. This could basically stop him from having a political career. So just another thought, along with the fact that imagine if he escaped the recall, having emergency powers, uh, his his feeling of having a mandate then, like he could do whatever he wants. That's that's a scary proposition. All right, thanks, Andy. Yeah. Appreciate the insight. Stay safe. Okay, Mark. My Thank pleasure. Andy Puzder. You can find him at Andy Puzder author of books like The Capitalist Comeback. Coming up, um, Nathan Fletcher talking about freedom and talking about, well, alluding to Jim Desmond, and uh, it's going to get a little cranky. Coming up next on San Diego's Talk, AM 760. iHeart is the number one choice for music, radio, and podcasts all in one. Get the free app so you can be among the millions who have it and feel pretty darn good about things. Everything you want to hear, everything you love, and one free app. Get it in the App Store. Go to 760radio.com. Now, this is over next door on News Radio 600 Kogo this morning. Ted Garcia talking to Chair Nathan Fletcher of the County Board of Supervisors, a follow up to his pronouncements yesterday about strongly recommending that employers start uh, taking the hard line. You got to be vaccinated to work here, or else, or else you got to have more testing. So he's at one point asked by Ted Garcia, about Nathan Fletcher, fellows, about, uh, by, uh, asked of Nathan Fletcher about uh, Jim Desmond. Like, what about Desmond? He's, uh, he's, he's not for a lot of the ways you're doing this. And listen to Fletcher. He's, he's talking about Jim Desmond here. It's frustrating, and I, you know, I, I don't know what to do with that one. I mean, it's just dangerous at times. We've discounted the dangerous. deaths, people that are dying from COVID. We've undermined public health orders. We've promoted anti-vaxxers on this podcast and when they come down to our meeting they they promote them on on social media and, and the like and you know it's just frustrating you know and the, the thing the thing that I, I just don't get I, I understand why certain things are, are partisan certain things are ideological and, and i get all of that but if you go to, to 10 pediatricians and say should we get the vaccine or 10 family doctors they're going to say yes you should get the vaccine like we it gives you the chance to save your life I mean, look at look at what vaccines have done to polio and, and smallpox and, and all of these types of things. And somehow it's in this crazy, bizarre time we live in today that the very thing that can get our economy open and get our kids in school and get people enjoying life without masks and worrying about COVID has become a thing that's turned partisan. And it's literally killing people. People are literally dying because they wouldn't get the vaccine. And they're begging in the ICUs for the vaccine. And the doctor's like, it's too late. And so... You know, when you have irresponsible leaders who make irresponsible statements, it perpetuates something on the side in the interest of our community. And it's just deeply disappointing. Right. And it's not because I'm a Democrat. Oh, no, it's not partisan at all there. that That's just he's doing the same thing. He's doing projection, which the left does. And he's on the left now, Nathan Fletcher, talking about fellow supervisor Jim Desmond, mis- mischaracterizing it. And what, you might as well just say, I think Desmond's killing people personally. Good grief. San Diego's talk, AM 760. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.